Hey, this is Neil Mackay, your host of a Vietnam podcast. Now, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you about one of my favorite affiliate partners, and that is Fiverr. I've been using Fiverr for years for everything from ordering YouTube thumbnails to keyword research, writing podcast articles, even to Canva designs and thumbnails and more. So whether you're a budding entrepreneur, a podcaster, or anyone in between, Fiverr has got you covered. It really is the go-to platform if you want to find freelancers offering a massive range of services to help you on any project. Maybe you need a stunning new logo or just a short animation, whatever you need, you can find it on Fiverr. What I love the most is how easy Fiverr makes it to connect with talented freelancers from around the world, all at prices that will fit whatever your budget is. Plus, with Fiverr's secure payment system, you can trust that your transactions are safe and secure. No dodgy people you meet on Facebook groups that disappear with your money and never give you what you want. What, that's only happened to me? As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you use the link and at no extra cost to you. As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you click my link and you buy something, all at no extra cost to you. And best of all, you will be directly supporting the making of this podcast that you're listening to for free, but it is not free to make. So why we head over to somewhere that you've probably never been before. It's called the show notes. So whatever app you're listening in, if it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything at all, head to the show notes, click on my special link, and then you can browse thousands of gigs ready to help you with your next project. And now, let's dive into today's episode. Let's go. Now, would you rather live in Vietnam now, with all the mod cons and everything we enjoy, international food, uh, or 20 years ago when it was obviously a bit sleepier, a bit more rustic, quieter? What would you rather, now or 20 years ago? Now. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Um, I just, yeah, I, t- I think I talked a lot today about just like being present. So, the past is cool to look at, reflect on, be aware of, but... Yeah, moving on. I like that answer. I would say now. Yeah. And you know why? Because now it's always the best time. (laughs) (laughs) I like that your French are so philosophical. (laughs) The French people are like, it just, they have the philosophical... Uh, nature ingrained into uh, them. I think. don't believe that. No, <laughs> no, I don't believe that. It's yeah. not true. <laughs> I think so because you, you you learn philosophy a lot more. I think right in school, or am I just being completely yes, stereotypical? I'm, yeah, it's different. The study are different, of course, than America and um, and um, and Europe. For example, in phil- philosophy, mm-hmm. doesn't mean exactly the same thing. The course in America and um, you know in Europe, philosophy is more coming from the Greek and all the you know in. Um, in America, when you say you study philosophy, it's more sociology or psychology, okay. I think. I, I think. That's a good question. I was thinking about that, and I can see the perks of both. But 
maybe I love Vietnam so much because of the internet. I'm not sure. And coffee. So I'll just go with now, you know, I, but I would like to travel back here 20 years ago and just kind of experience it. But I don't know if I would like it. Yeah. If I had been a rich person in life, I would love to have been here 20 years ago and bought an apartment in District 1 because by now, you know, I and, and all of my future offspring would probably have retired. Um, but no regrets. I, I love being here right now. Uh, it just feels like anything is possible uh, across all of Vietnam and the people are just so positive for the future right now that it feels pretty special. At my age currently, I think I would have preferred living in Vietnam 20 years ago. Um, I think there are like, yeah, a lot of gems that had, hadn't been discovered yet and still quite well preserved. And I think that's really what makes Vietnam special. And um, however, you know, like, you know, with the new age culture that we have here um, on the rise with globalization and then the younger generation, right, they're just adding to the richness of our culture in Vietnam. And that's pretty awesome as well. But I think I'm just getting old and grumpy and I don't like a lot of noise or stimulus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you don't like a lot of noise, then don't live in Saigon. It's the loudest place on earth. I oh my gosh! Is it because of the vehicles? Everything, the construction, the bops all day, the energy, the craziness. Sometimes I swear to God, I think there's people in Cambodia going, "What's that noise?" And it's like, "Oh, it's oh. just Saigon." Yeah, you know, um, it's funny you say that. A lot of my friends who are Viet Kieu or expats um, who have a connection to Vietnam would actually when we talk about moving home, would rather live in Singapore or Hong Kong and then come back every few weeks and do business in Vietnam. Wow. Because of the craziness, like the noise. and Yeah, yeah. It is It is really difficult. There was a, a thing in the news a couple of years ago, and I don't know if anyone anything changed from it, but the, the authorities were recognizing that the noise pollution is having a massively detrimental effect on people's mental mm-hmm. health. Um, and a couple of years ago, we moved to Taudin, which, as you probably know, is like the kind of expat district. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, that, and that, that, yeah, district two. And that literally, I probably couldn't live in Vietnam still if we hadn't moved here because it is quieter. There isn't crazy construction. Like our last place in Funyan, we had the Bop Saudi guy going underneath <laughs> our window in the morning. Like you'd wake up in the middle of the night. And if you could hear him go by, you'd be like, all right, it must be about two o'clock right now. And if you couldn't hear him, you're like, okay, it must be after three. Like you could tell the time by things like that. We've had a place, we lived in District 4, there was construction at one in the morning, which is meant to stop at like, I think nine, but they don't care. So they're like building a skyscraper or another tower behind our apartment at one in the morning. Mm-hmm. So things like that, just it does have a detrimental effect on your mental health, not just for expats, for local people as well. Um, mm-hmm. But we had moving out to, to District 2 has been absolutely crucial to us living in Vietnam for this amount of time. Um, so it's interesting you say even for, for VQs and whatnot. I was going to ask, you're born in Vietnam, but you've spent a lot of time overseas. Do you call yourself a VQ or is there a different phrase? How does that work? Um, I call myself a lot of the time... Um, 
a Viet mất gốc, which means like a Vietnamese person that lost their roots. <laughs> But oh, wow. it's like an internal <laughs> joke with a bunch of like, you know, Viet Kieu kids. Um, But I think it's more of a label that we give ourselves for other Vietnamese people in Vietnam to kind of understand our background because it's just way too complicated to explain what I had already explained to you right earlier in our in our conversation. Um, so it's just kind of easier and you like avoid questions and judgment if you just say, yeah, yeah, I'm a Vietnamese. <laughs> Now, I think 20 years ago, it would have been uh, a lot more difficult to fit in, although you can get a head start on a lot of things. But I think now is just, you know, uh, has all the right sort of ingredients to, to, to what I want in like a city life. Um, but yeah, I think now. Wow, that's, that's an interesting question, actually. Because um, let me put it this way. I love the, all the developments and all the changes that have come to Saigon. But the beautiful thing about it is I want, if I want to get that experience of having that so many years ago, Saigon or Vietnam, I can go to a different city. So I can have it both ways. But I love what is happening, especially in Saigon. The development has been crazy. If you've been here 10 years, if, if I took a picture of 10 years ago, and show you some of the streets now, you won't even know. You won't even, you, there's no similarities being changed so much. I, oh man, the, 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 the growth here is, it's, it's crazy. Even Has anyone ever said 20 years ago? Like that's my first, obviously now that's where I would live. But I think mine, yeah, said 20 years ago, his episode's coming up. Yeah, because he's, how old is he? He wants to be young. nine, yeah, he wants to be nine again. No, pretty much, you know, he, <laughs> wants, he wants to be eight years old again. Uh, No, I, I definitely would. I am enjoying the time that I'm in Vietnam uh, in this time period. I'm on the fence because I, I kind of, we've moved here, so same as you, five years ago. And mm. the development in five years ago has just gone through the roof. Mm. And I don't just mean like structurally, like the development of the cuisine. And I mean, Western cuisine or like, but that's mm. Vietnamese people are enjoying that. Not, mm. not, it's not for it expats are immigrants it's for Vietnamese people cocktail bars craft beer the development of the country as a whole so there's a romantic notion of me they would really have liked to have been here like 10, 20 years ago and saw before there was grab on every corner before there was grab delivery before there was all these craft beers like Misha Smith who uh, happy birthday Misha if you listen it was his birthday last night um, when he first came here before Pastoral Street developed which was the first craft beer He was saying that getting a Heineken was like a treat. Really? Yeah, because oh, that, God. Was, was the only, that was the only beer. That was like a mm. fancy European beer was getting huh. a Heineken. And even that, there was only one or two bars that you could get that in. Oh, shit. Okay. So even though I love my craft beer and I love my food and all of this, there's a romantic notion of me they would like to go back and see what it was like when you just didn't have those options. You didn't have all the mm. nice restaurants to eat at. You didn't mm. have the nice beer to drink. Didn't have grab delivery on tap. Like, and mm. just... Obviously, as well, not as many buildings, a bit sleeper, a bit quiet. But then at the same time, I love all of those things as well. So I'm kind of on the fence a bit with that. Yeah, yeah. there there are some comforts that have popped up in the past five years. Like, oh, yeah, thanks. God, uh, yeah. I got cheese? Feel, hmm? Cheese? Cheese, yeah. When we first came here five years ago, people were telling us, we, we asked someone what, We asked someone, what should we bring or what will we miss the most if mm. we move to Vietnam? And they were like, cheese. cheese. <laughs> it's really difficult to get cheese here. Mm. And 
it's not difficult. It is expensive little yeah. cheese here. Like, so you don't eat it that often because it's not really, it's all imported. Yeah. But it is easily available now. Whereas I think like five, six, seven, eight, ten years ago, yeah. like cheese, yogurt, milk, like dairy products hmm. weren't even like available. Yeah. And that's, a, that's definitely a status symbol here in Vietnam. Like you see somebody out in the park eating cheese, like, oh, wow, okay. I didn't know you were doing that well. All right. Good for you. You know? <laughs> Never I, mind the Porsche if they're eating cheese. Yeah. They're, they're doing well. I do wonder, because you mentioned things like in the Western countries, you have like little Italy, little China. Uh, I wonder if Vietnamese, like the Vietnamese people ever call like Tao Dien or like Tae Ho, like little Europe, you know? Like, yeah. Like, oh, I'm, going to, I'm going to little Italy, you know, <laughs> on Swansea. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder. They should like start that with yeah. like Tao Dien, little, little mm. Europe now. Yeah, French Quarter, you yeah, know? Yeah, there you go. French Quarter, quarter. that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I think well, because the question was like uh, Saigon uh, 20 years ago. I think 20 years ago at the moment is like 2001, uh, which is crazy to think about it. Um, so yeah. I, I think at the, so at the point I was like five years old. Um, I think barely, I barely had any like living memory then, you know, being five years old. Yeah, and you know, like especially I had a pretty comfortable, like, even like back in 2001, I had a pretty comfortable, uh, relatively comfortable childhood, a pretty comfortable upbringing, um, you know, Things were still, uh, you know, things were still chaotic. Um, but at the same, imagine, but I think, you know, the, the idea, but just me, like, being a 20-something person, uh, educated, educated 20-person 20, 20 person living in Saigon in 2001, I think it would be a very different dynamic, you know, compared to living in Saigon now. Actually, it was just 10 years into opening up to, essentially 10 years of opening up to the world. Uh, there was still a lot of difficulties and challenges, and I think I imagine myself living, working in Vietnam, like 2001. I think it would have been very different. Uh, it would be something quite, quite interesting challenge, you know, but the center of opportunities. Because everything's so new and raw. You know, the internet just came to Vietnam at that point. So, so, so that's an avenue to, to, so there's something to explore and something to invest in, you know, just in case. Um, yeah, and like, yeah, even then, like uh, KFC was still considered luxury. KFC was still considered luxury. Uh, then, um, yeah, I guess you know, like, yeah, I think going just going back, to, I think just having uh, just uh, going back uh, to Vietnam in two thousand one, working uh, as myself, then it would just be quite uh, quite fun to to do. Mm. Yeah, it's, I like the way that's a good way to look at it. It's a di- obviously a different way to look at it for uh, maybe that an expat would look at it or or someone else. But, you know, that's that's interesting. I would like to see how it was 20 years ago but i don't think i could live um in vietnam 20 years ago i think everyone has said the same answer and i'm the same i'd love to see what it was like you know think about all the opportunities and like with with technology what we can do now um you know rent apartments over facebook or or just order food delivery or grab you know this 20 years ago i I don't know how i would have done it Actually, I think every time has a very interesting character. I think it. I don't know. Like I live now, so of course I I just live it because I adapt to the time. But I'm also really interested what it would have been like 20 years ago. You know, I was here already 20 years ago because I was no wait uh, I was uh, 11. So yeah, 19. May, yeah, 19. 19 yeah, and. I couldn't really say because I was very young and I didn't really understand the culture that much. So it was very interesting for me. But I think my age now living 20, I would, yeah, for sure. Why not? Like riding buffaloes and stuff. I was doing that when I came to Vietnam the first time, you know, and like chilling, like 
the rice fields and houses were much less developed. But I think, yeah, why not? Less pollution, maybe, you know, <laughs> less spikes. I think Vietnam had probably was much very different and every new development was probably much more appreciated than now. I think it's growing so fast. So I think every time has like a beautiful thing. But of course, I'm super happy to be here now. Like, let's not. <laughs> Let's not put it wrong. It's a difficult question, right? People have very, very similar answers to you when I when I ask this question. hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you know who, looking at what you do online, or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease. And I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers.